0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roadmap from Auto Finance News since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. It's Monday, September 19th, and I'm Joey Pizzolatto, joined by Amanda Harris. This is our weekly wrap on what happened in auto finance for the week ending September 16th, 2022. This episode is sponsored by Innovatech. In general economic news, the inflation rate, or consumer price index, topped economists' forecasts in August, rising 0.1% from July and 8.3% from a year earlier, solidifying expectations of another 75 basis point benchmark interest rate increase later this month when the Federal Open Market Committee meets tomorrow and Wednesday. Core CPI, which removes volatile food and energy components, increased 0.6% from July and 6.3% from a year ago, according to the Labor Department. All measures increased above forecast, with shelter, food, and medical posting the largest gains. Vehicle values dropped 4% sequentially, but remained 8.4% higher than they were a year ago, according to Mannheim. In Europe, New car sales posted their first gain in 13 months in August. Registration rose 3.4% to nearly 749,000 vehicles last month, according to the European Automobile Manufacturers Association. Mercedes-Benz was among the best with a 16% jump from a year ago. Still, record inflation in Europe covered with rising energy prices as a result of the Ukraine-Russia war will likely quell buyer sentiment in the coming months. In auto finance and in financial services, uh, the wider financial services, excuse me, Finnovate Fall in New York City was in full swing last week, bringing together fintechs and financial institutions for three days of technology demos, panel discussions, and fireside chats. Data authentication, consumer-facing mes- messaging applications, and artificial intelligence were unsurprisingly front and center as fintechs and banks looked to prioritize servicing opera- operations through partnerships and incorporate more data into credit decisioning. making Score, for example, said it estimated that incorporating alternative data into consumers' credit score increased non-prime borrower score by an average of 20 points. U.S. Bank said it is eyeing growth in multilingual offerings for its AI-based smart assistant, while Truist separately last week launched its own AI-enhanced virtual assistant called Truist Assist. Notable startups from the conference that auto lenders should take a look at include Tech Status, Tesla Software, Interface AI, Nuance Communications, Agent IQ, N Contracts, Leap Experts, and QuickFi, to name a few. Our other top story last week involved, surprise, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and the Federal Trade Commission. Amanda Harris has the details.
1: Yes, surprise, surprise, another compliance story. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so the agencies have been quite active lately. So this latest story that I'm going to talk about, basically the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and the Federal Trade Commission are essentially challenging a lower court's ruling that they believe could allow lenders to determine whether to investigate disputes they receive from credit reporting agencies, um, which would obviously be a pretty big change from the norm. So I'm gonna get into that a little bit. So the CFPB and the FTC filed an amicus brief um, in support of the court Tuesday with the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit. And this was related to a case of Ingram versus Experian. So the case essentially boiled down to the court's interpretation of the Fair Credit Reporting Act and the definition of an indirect dispute, um, which are typically those coming from a credit reporting agency rather than those coming from the consumer directly to the furnisher. So typically consumers can dispute inaccuracies on their credit report either by filing a dispute directly with the lender or indirectly challenging a trade line through a credit reporting agency. So typically, credit reporting agencies are the ones that determine whether a dispute has merit before they send the dispute to the furnisher to investigate. And this particular case was spurred after a consumer reported that a delinquent Comcast account on his credit file was opened fraudulently. Comcast said the consumer did not submit enough proof of the fraud, so the company could not remove the account. Um, After that, the credit credit reporting company uh, sent the dispute, they disputed it with the credit reporting company, sent that dispute to the debt collector. Um, That company also declined to investigate the the dispute, prompting the consumer to sue Comcast along with the credit reporting agencies and the debt collector involved in the case. That's the essentials. The lower court ultimately ruled that the debt collector did not have to investigate the dispute because furnishers are only required to investigate what is determined to be a bona fide indirect dispute. Uh, The ruling would allow lenders to basically deem disputes from credit reporting agencies frivolous and to decline to investigate if they feel that that's the route they need to go. Um, That's directly in conflict with how the CAPB and the FTC interpret the Fair Credit Reporting Act. So the regulatory agencies are essentially saying that the lower court was wrong in its interpretation of the SCRA and in its ruling, and if the decision were to stand as is, it could create an exception to the SCRA, that could obviously have far-reaching implications and change how lenders can um, basically investigate disputes. That they would allow be allowed to define what's what's bona fide, what's frivolous. The client to investigate indirect conflict. What happens now? Um, so it's going to likely be months before the appeal is moved forward. Obviously, the regulatory agency have made their stance known with that amicus brief in support of appealing that decision. Um, but for right now, lenders should definitely keep a close eye on this case um, because depending on the outcome, it obviously does have some pretty big implications and potentially positives for lenders as far as operations slow and cash flow goes um, if the decision were to stand. But it just kind of depends on, on how the appeal process works. Um, but we know where the regulatory agencies stand and we know how they're interpreting the rules. So take that as you as you will. So that's kind of what's going on there.
0: Right, and I would expect this to sort of continue to go up the chain um, because, as, as we, everyone knows, the FCRA is on top of mind for the CFPB um, as they are, you know, thinking about their the way that they're approaching their new policies and enforcement um, examinations and, and those things. Well, that about does it for today's episode. Thanks for joining us on the Roadmap. Follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn, and please join us later in October for the Power Sports Finance Summit and the Auto Finance Summit in Las Vegas. You can learn more and register online at powersportsfinance.com and autofinancesummit.com. We will see you online at autofinancenews.net
1: and here next time.